two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Ball settles in a clean pocket, and it is cut by Keanu. 20, 15, 10, 5, on his feet, touchdown! What a play! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU football fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the four and three BYU Cougars are in the Eastern Time Zone for a matchup with fellow independent, at least for a few months, the six and one Liberty Flames. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football on this Saturday afternoon. Joining me from William State in Lynchburg, Virginia. He's former BYU quarterback and our radio analyst, all-around good dude. His name is Riley Nelson. How you doing, Riley? Doing great, Shep. Beautiful day to play some football out here. I know that uh, the folks listening back home in Utah are dealing with some weather, but out here the sun is shining and the leaves are, you know, got beautiful colors in the stadium. I'm quite impressed with Williams Stadium out here in Liberty. It's a beautiful venue that gives vibes of uh, SMU that people that are familiar with kind of the red brick and the red and blue. But uh, overall, doing great. Can't wait to see this thing kick off today. Absolutely. 25,000 is the capacity there, at least from the seating standpoint. And uh, it is a sellout. So it's going to be a pretty fun environment, I'm sure, uh, for you guys to be able to, uh, to call a game at today. So, Riley, after two straight losses, and let's be honest, the criticism seemingly coming from all directions, today really is a chance to silence some of that noise by coming out and taking out your frustrations if you're BYU on a Liberty team that's pretty good. They definitely are good, and, and honestly, uh, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about the style that they bring. Uh, in, in that they're very comfortable taking the air out of the football, right? Their time, they they can control it. They have a balanced attack on offense. They're not too reliant on any one aspect of the game offensively. Defensively, I will say that they are pretty reliant on on turnovers, right? They're tops in the country, yes. 18 turnovers produced through seven games. So if is, that might be one way that BYU can kind of uh, settle these guys. But you mentioned the atmosphere coming in. There, the tailgaters, we get here pretty early as the radio crew and the tailgaters beat us significantly the parking lots are full many of the fans i'm sure saw the stuff that liberty was putting out on social media and coach hugh freeze talking about this is the biggest game and uh, to be hosted here in williams stadium for this liberty program and uh it should be a great environment uh, and byu not only just to exercise the demons of the two losses but i think they have to you know get up and get ready to play today just simply because liberty is ready and uh it's going to be a dogfight. no question about it before the cougars face the flame here are today's game headlines. Well, we mentioned it already, BYU 4-3. and three. They've dropped two in a row after losing to Arkansas last Saturday. And de the defensive side of the football has been under significant scrutiny, and it's from the fan base, it's from the coaches themselves. We talked with head coach Kalani Satake after the Arkansas loss. He was not happy at all. Um, by all accounts, Kalani is going to be more involved with the defense this week. I'm really curious, Riley, to see how that manifests itself on the field. This I when I I was I didn't play defense, but when I was playing, this actually happened a couple times. It happened in 2010, and then and then again in 2012, where Bronco Mendenhall, uh, who was a former defensive coordinator himself, stepped in uh, to uh, in some way or another. In 2010, he just flat out 
let Coach Jaime Hill go, and he became the defensive coordinator. Uh, in uh, in 2012, it was more just kind of a change of roles where Nick Hall was doing the play calling, and then uh, Coach Mendenhall called the plays in-game. But in both of those instances, it definitely brought a different feel, a different vibe. Whenever the head coach, right, that head, that leader, that tone setter gets more involved in the details of the day-to-day, you can't uh, do anything but expect for the level of player, at least attention to detail, to increase. Now, there are a lot of wrinkles to iron out that have been exposed over yeah. the last couple of weeks. So Coach Sitake had, and the rest of it's not just all on him, right? The rest of the defensive staff had their work cut out for him. But I would uh, – it's going to look different today, that's for sure. Uh, and here's hoping that that difference equates to the production being better on the defensive side of the football. Well, it's not on the defensive side of the football, but the Cougars in terms of uh, getting players back – uh, looks like they're going to get some players back on offense. We'll certainly get official word um, after Greg talks with Kalani Sataki, and he'll join us later on in the program. But um, running backs, Miles Davis and Lopini Katoa, are expected to be back, which is certainly good for the offense. On the other side of the ball, though, uh, not expected to have linebacker Peyton Wilgar, and we kind of knew that after the Arkansas game. Uh, Kalani had mentioned as much. Uh, but this is not the first time. This is the first time BYU's played Liberty at Lynchburg, but BYU beat Liberty in Provo back in 2019, 31-24. And, and look, you know, we've talked a lot about how this this is a six and one team in Liberty. This is a good team. Uh, BYU will certainly have the size advantage. There's no question about that. But the Cougars cannot afford to go into this game viewing Liberty as quote unquote just Liberty, can they? Not by any stretch of the imagination. And for people that were that, – that game never – if people will remember back to that 2019 game, it was one BYU got out to a quick start, and then things got a little bit stressful there in the second half. This Liberty team will not quit. You know, this, uh, speaking to the BYU defense, I, I feel like these teams are built in a similar manner in that they are not afraid to challenge the other team to execute for 60 minutes, right? BYU defensively, we know that that's part of their strategy is force the other team to put together big long drives and plays and we know offensively they've they've struggled at times to do that but this is a liberty team that went you know if the BYU defense comes out and like look we're going to play bend don't break and bank on the fact that you can't execute for an entire drive of 10 11 12 plays they're just going to be like okay that's fine that's what we're built to do so we will you know we'll happily uh, match that challenge uh, i am really intrigued by this game and and to be quite frank Shep I, I'm a little nervous in the fact that if BYU does not come well-prepared and mentally ready to play, this thing could not go the Cougars' way very quickly. Well, let's focus on the Liberty side of things. As, as we mentioned to begin the uh, the broadcast, this is a big, big deal for the Flames. They've called it the biggest home game they've ever played. Mentioned several times they're 6-1. and one. Their only loss is by one point at, at the time, number 18 Wake Forest. So that kind of gives you an idea of what type of, of team they have been. Now, they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with quarterback injuries. Uh, but earlier this morning, Pete Thamel from ESPN reported, because we were certainly wondering which quarterback were, were the Cougars going to see, he's reporting that Jonathan Bennett is expected to get the start today, but that former Ute Charlie Brewer, who came into the season as the starting quarterback and obviously was at Utah last year when BYU snapped the streak in Provo, he is expected to see some snaps today after breaking his thumb on his right hand. So uh, it's probably a good thing that BYU prepared for several quarterbacks because it looks like, Riley, they may see a couple today. 
Yeah, and the, one of the nice things is Charlie Brewer obviously was the quarterback uh, when BYU beat Utah. So there, he doesn't necessarily strike fear into the hearts. And he's had an interesting career. I won't spend too much time on him, but interesting career arc, right? Was at Baylor and threw for all these yards, and then Grind comes in with a little bit more conservative. Interestingly enough, decides to go to Utah, where Witt historically has a, a defense and special team-oriented program that's conservative offensively and now finds himself at Liberty that, again, while at times they can get out and score a lot of points and put up a, a bunch of yards. Really, you know, they play good fundamental defense or f good fundamental offense. It's about protecting the football and putting drives together and, and really formulating a balanced attack. So whoever the quarterback is, Liberty really asked them to just be a good so – and, and I mean this – I don't mean this to diminish the quarterback position, but rather I mean it that that's what these uh, – these schemes are asking of the quarterback to be good game managers. So whoever's in there, Hugh Freeze is going to emphasize good decision-making, uh, try and you know, have good success on first and second down, keep third and manageable, convert third downs, and then when you get in the red zone, you got to try and score touchdowns, right? It feels like that's the formula for every college football program, but it's especially emphasized when I turn on the tape and see here at, at Liberty Flames. But, I mean, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, I don't see any glaring weakness for this BYU team to that where they can attack the Liberty Flames. Bottom line is they're going to have to come out ready to play with a solid game plan and execute on that game plan. Absolutely. A couple of other notes. This one on offense. Running back Day Day Hunter has rushed for 612 yards on the season for the Flames. Also has seven touchdowns. And then, Riley, you touched on this on the defensive side. Uh, Liberty's defense is tops in the nation in takeaways. They have 18 takeaways through seven games so far this year. So they have been very opportunistic in terms of taking away the ball from their opponent. That's something BYU cannot Look, you can't afford to do that in any game these days. Certainly when a team is as prolific at that type of situation, you got to make sure uh, that you're on your game in terms of, uh, of not turning the ball over. Uh, Hugh Freeze in his fourth season with Liberty. And while BYU, and we're focused on BYU being their last year as an independent, going into the Big 12 coming up in July, uh, Liberty is also in the same situation. They're a current independent, but they will be joining Conference USA in 2023. So kind of interesting that these two independent matchups, uh, both are joining conferences coming up in July. All right, speaking of coming up, coming up next, we will preview today's matchup with the voice of the Flames, Alan York. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, getting you ready for the Cougars on the road at the Flames of Liberty. Shep here in Provo, Riley in the press box in Lynchburg, and joining Riley in the press box is the Liberty play-by-play -play voice of the Liberty Flames, Alan York. Alan, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Glad to have the Cougars in town. I'm looking forward to a great game here at 3.30 Eastern. So let's uh, let's jump in right here. Six and one. Teams won four in a row. Uh, how good is this Liberty team, do you believe? Right now, the defense is holding its own and helping Liberty stay in games. We'll definitely find out how good this Liberty team is today, obviously. In two weeks, when we head to Arkansas, Virginia Tech also uh, coming to the mountain in November. So uh, time will tell, but uh, we, we do have our work cut out for us here in the last half of the season. 
Alan, what does uh, this Liberty BYU kind of comes in bleeding a little bit, a little bit of a wounded animal? Uh, does Liberty see that um, see that as a sign of weakness or more opportunity to you know take down um, one of the bigger independent programs in the country? The latter part of your question, Riley. I think you know BYU coming into town is just the manifestation of the vision of Dr. Falwell, who founded this school 50 plus years ago. And to see BYU in town, uh, regardless of licking the wounds, if, if you will, for the Cougars last couple of weeks, uh, Liberty has the utmost respect for Kalani Sataki and the program overall that's coming in here today. So earlier today, and I think for, at least from the outside looking in, Alan, it kind of felt like we were progressing towards Charlie Brewer getting the start today. It doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. I know Pete Thamel uh, tweeted out this morning that he's hearing that it's going to be Bennett starting, but that Charlie Brewer will see some time. Is that what you understand is probably going to happen today? What's the latest with the quarterback situation? That's right in line with what Hugh Freeze said to the media. He meets with them on Monday and also on Thursday leading up to Saturday's game. And he said, yeah, uh, Thursday, I don't think Charlie is ready to start and get many reps. Is that gamesmanship? I don't know. I saw Charlie on Tuesday in the few periods. The media is able to watch practice. Looked like he was spinning the football uh, pretty well. But uh, according to Coach Freeze, he did kind of digress on Wednesday and Thursday during the last few workouts leading up to today. I meet with Coach right when we're done here, so I'll have a better uh, idea coming up uh, for the guys doing the call here in about uh, 20 minutes. But, Alan, it seems to me, when I, as I've done my prep for Liberty, they're really kind of a nameless, faceless football team, very balanced. They get production. All 11 guys seem to produce at different times. So whether or not it's Charlie Brewer or anybody, uh, and, and regardless, even at the other positions, be it running back, linebacker, uh, but that said, being balanced, at least that's my observation. Who are, though, the playmakers? Who are the names that BYU fans should be you know, prepared to hear called a lot over the air? From a skill perspective, Riley, Demario Douglas is a slot receiver, can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you'll see him go on jet sweeps. and uh, But he's the main receiver, if you will. Not that big of a guy, but he is shifty in space. In the backfield, it is by committee. Uh, Day Day Hunter's a transfer from Hawaii. Got a lot of the lion's share of the reps the first uh, few games of the year. TJ Green, who transferred in from uh, Utah, uh, has been hurt most of the year, did come back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so those two guys, along with Shedra Lewis in the backfield offensively, are some names you'll be calling out here today. The linebacker crew, Riley, is very active. Uh, Mike Smith is a JUCO transfer. Ahmad Walker is a true sophomore. They really help solidify uh, that linebacker core and defensive line-wise, it's a whole host of guys you'll be talking about here today. Alan, you mentioned in terms of like seeing BYU here um, at the stadium and, and kind of what this means for the Liberty football program. Look, when, when you have the head coach saying it's the biggest home game that the team at the program has ever played, that's saying something pretty big. Can you put into perspective what this game means to the Flames and what type of atmosphere the Cougars are in for in this sellout crowd today? I think you look at BYU, and we mentioned Dr. Falwell, who founded this school 50-plus years ago. He wants uh, Liberty to be uh, to the evangelical Christian community what BYU is to the Mormons and what Notre Dame is uh, to the Catholics. And to see BYU come here, it's important, it's groundbreaking, and uh, Liberty's only been FBS for five years. 
So we are making steps towards a move to Conference USA next year, and uh, this is just one part of that uh, build, if you will, uh, to bigger football uh, days coming up for Liberty. So speaking of big games, Coach Hugh Freeze, formerly at Ole Miss, well, I, I most remembered, at least by me, for his time at Ole Miss, but he's no stranger to big games. He's, uh, I, I just had to look this up on my phone to make sure. One of only three coaches to have beaten Alabama in Alabama in the Nick Saban era, right? And, I mean, I remember those Ole Miss teams. So he's not scared of anybody. I think he's the, the, class, the personification of the classic mantra that you respect every opponent, but you don't fear any. Uh, what's your sense as far as the preparation and, and mindset of the actual players as you've observed this week he meets with his team for the first time after saturday's games on monday monday morning is their uh, come to jesus meeting they talk about the truth of the previous game and sets the tone for the next week coming up and he said if you're lucky enough to be in this game and prep prepare for it relish the opportunity because they don't happen that often and especially here at liberty we don't get the likes of byu coming in to williams stadium and so i think he captured their hearts on Monday to prepare for the game here today. And uh, from what he has said, it's been business as usual. The preparation's been pretty good for BYU. Alan York is the voice of the Liberty Flames. Alan, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We'll let you get to uh, your own game prep and uh, have a great call today. Thank you. My pleasure. Have fun here today in Lynchburg, guys. There we go. That is Liberty play-by-play -play broadcaster Alan York. Appreciate his time as always. Up next in Cougar Cuts, Coach Satake talks about accountability and overcoming adversity. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's time for Cougar Cuts and the loss to Arkansas and the play of the defense has opened up a lot of opportunities for criticism from both fans and from the coaches themselves. And head coach Kalani Satake said that while the team is certainly dealing with adversity right now, that there can be good that comes out of it. No, I just like adversity. I like some tough times. You grow the most through adversity, and so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to to what it filters out, you know, so it could filter out quite a bit in, in the program and even outside. But with that being said, we've been through some adversity before. We've, we've bounced back. BYU football will bounce back to what our identity is and, and what we're, what you know, we can hang our hat on. That's what we come down to. And then also what we're progressing towards. I mean, we, we know what's coming up in, in, in the near future. So we've got to get ourselves ready. And that's in a lot of different areas. Make sure that we're, we're sound. And like I said, matching the expectations that our fans have for us. And that's I have no problem with the expectations that they have because that's I'm a fan myself too. So I, I understand the frustration and the concern from a lot of different angles, right? But honestly, I, I don't have a problem with how fans uh, want to be a fan. I just want to make them happy. And I, what I am grateful for and what I am thankful for is that we have fans that care so much that they support us and um, and that they uh, showed up and they were here at the at the games in the stadium. So uh, I want to I want to do right by them too and 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 uh, make them all happy. I think if I said it before, they're all happy that I'm doing my job well. Riley, you you know you had mentioned that you know this this game is one that just kind of makes you nervous. I kind of go the other direction. This is how I look at this. I actually expect the Cougars to come out and be as focused as we've seen them. And quite frankly, I expect them to come out and play pretty angry. I have a feeling they're pretty sick 
of hearing how everybody's talking about how bad they are right now, and I think they use that as motivation today. Am I crazy? Am I just being a homer here? No, I think that's one side of the of the coin to look at. For me, the one reason why I'm a little bit more nervous is because there are some pretty elementary te- like technique things, especially on the defensive side, that are missing. It, it's stuff that makes me as a former player feel like, man, we are seven weeks into the season and we're still messing that up. If if BYU had come out flat or if I felt like there it was an emotion thing or they weren't bringing enough to the game, then I, I would tend to lean more your side, Shep, that like, listen, this is all a mindset thing. But for me, I'm like, man, there are some significant technical gaps and execution gaps that I don't know if they can be fixed in just one week of practice. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, and I'm hoping that these were just, you know, lapses in, in judgment or lapses in execution. Um, but so th- that that's where I kind of stand as far as – or that's why I, I get a little bit nervous for the game. Just one thing I want to point out to fans, because Kalani says this a lot, and he's always said this, but it's really something that's unique, and I don't want it to be glossed over when he says that he's a fan. Most coaches kind of pit themselves against the fans or say, look, fans don't really know. We're the one, we're the men in the arena. We know. And that was, so Kalani to say that, listen, I embrace expectations because I have those same because I've been a fan – of BYU longer than I've been a coach. And so I, I understand those and I embrace those and we strive to meet those uh, is to me a very refreshing. And I also think a very genuine perspective uh, as noted by the fact that you don't hardly ever see that from any other head coach across the country. Well, y- your comment uh, a second ago about lack of execution is a perfect segue into our next cut because a lack of execution has been something that coaches and players have mentioned as a reason for the two-game slide. And cornerback Gabe Judy Lolly says that as players, they have to be accountable for how they play. What happened on the field is not to blame on the coaches. All they can do is call the call, and we have to execute at the end of the day. So we have to be able to look inside ourselves and be like, did we do 100% like best effort, best technique, best assignment at all times? We have to be able to you know, call each other out and be like, hey, like, regardless of the call you weren't playing the right technique and the proper footwork and it doesn't matter what we would have called out there you know we're hurting the defense by doing those types of things so we're able to be able to talk with ourselves and um you know call each other out on our mistakes and at the end of the day we all know it comes from a place of love and um you know that's how we're going to improve if the coaches are always the ones telling us what we're doing wrong you know it's, you sort of get a bad taste in your mouth at the end of the day. So for us to be able to foster a culture that where the players are able to take accountability and talk to each other, um, it works out way better. And at the end of the day, um, you know, that's what we pride ourselves on here, you know, love and learning and, you know, tough love happens from your teammates. And then you learn from that um, better in my personal opinion. You know, Riley is a former player. I mean, that, that a comment like that is like manna from heaven for a head coach to hear because you're talking about the players taking accountability and look, you know, the, the coaches can only call a play. If we don't go out and execute, which is what you were talking about a minute ago, you know, that's on us. And so I think to, to have a player talk about that, that the players have to be accountable for what they are doing and making sure they are executing the plays that the coaches are asking, I, I like I said, I, I that is a coach's dream to hear, I would imagine. It absolutely is. One of the things that, again, makes me a little bit nervous is that it's very hard to go. I do not see a lot of... of Players coaching and listen. I am not one for the you know the sideline bench 
theatrics, we'll call them, that, that happens. You see it a lot in college football, even pro football, right? I think a lot of that can be bluster. A lot of it is all sizzle, no steak. There's not a lot of substance to it. But one of the things that actually off air in between commercial breaks, and maybe I'll throw it down to Mitch and have him report, is I'm always asking Mitch, like, hey, what was that last time after a tough drive or something? What was that last time out? What, what kind of chatter are you hearing? Who's talking to who? And one of the things that's been a little bit concerning is the, the last few weeks through this adversity, Mitch has said it's been a little bit disturbingly quiet down on the sideline, meaning that players aren't really talking to players. They aren't really calling each other out. They're not really holding each other that higher standard of excellence. And maybe Arkansas was the straw that broke the camel's back, and those guys can kind of break out of their shells, and they can do what Gabe was just saying, and that is hold each other accountable, hold each other responsible, do it from a place of not just loving and learning, but also wanting to be also competitiveness, wanting to be great, wanting to win and wanting to play like they know they are capable of. So it's, that's another habit, just like we've seen some execution that I don't know that it can be fixed from one week to the next. That's another kind of attitude shift that can be difficult one week to the next. Cause if guys aren't used to being called out or criticized and then all of a sudden they are, um, they weren't last week and they are this week that can uh, not be the most friendly thing for their mindset. But uh, I have faith in this team and these boys to be up to the challenge. Well, if you liked what you heard from Gabe Judy Lolly, you're about to get some more. He is the subject of this edition or this week's edition of Shep Talk. I talk with Gabe when we come back. Cougar Pregame Live returns right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. BYU on the East Coast in Lynchburg, Virginia, getting ready to face the Flames of Liberty. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Jason Shepard in our BYU radio studios in uh, cloudy Provo, Utah today. Temperatures cooling off, to say the very least. Uh, Cougar cornerback Game Judy Lolly is in his first season in Provo, and the former Vanderbilt Commodore transferred to BYU during the offseason and has been a nice addition to the Cougar secondary. Now, I do need to make you aware that there was an audio issue during the recording, so my microphone isn't going to have the greatest sound, so just a heads up on that. But after the loss to Arkansas and the overall criticism of the defensive play mounting, I asked Gabe how he handles dealing with adversity. I mean, as many people do know, I didn't win many games before I came here. So maybe I take it a little bit differently than everybody else. Like, I take losing two ways. When I understand that the team's better than me, I understand that we got to get back to the drawing board and we have to flush it and get over it. And, you know, when we make a lot of mistakes and just lose a football game, I understand that that's not the football team that we are at the end of the day. So I understand if we continue the same work that we're putting in and just capitalizing on our opportunities, then, you know, those results will change at the end of the day. You know, there's a lot of noise out there right now. How much of that do you hear and how much of it do you pay attention to? Are you able to, to pretty easily put that aside and not focus on that? If I had to be honest with you, at Vanderbilt, like there wasn't much of a Twitter following or a fan base following. So that stuff just kind of flies over my head. I don't really like see any of the negative comments or even the positive comments. I just focus on the game that's at hand. From there, I just hope that we can get the win. And if we put in the work, I know that the people will be saying a different narrative this week. So from a personal standpoint, as you mentioned, obviously coming from Vanderbilt, how has your first season at BYU gone for you, maybe big picture wise? 
Uh, I've won the most games that I've ever won in a season so far, and we're not even done. Honestly, I've just had a lot of fun. Regardless of the results that have happened so far, I've got to play all over the country already on some really big stages, even coming from the SEC, which has been pretty electric in my personal opinion. And uh, I think that we just have a really good football team that just hasn't played their type of ball just yet. And that's kind of scary to say, because where I came from before, it was like, you know, we can try our best to do what we're going to do, but at the end of the day, you know, they might just be a better football team than us. But I don't think any game that we walk into that I think that they're a better football team than us. It's exciting to see that, like, every week it's going to be competitive, and every week we have the best chance to win the football game if we just play BYU football. And we haven't done that yet, even in our wins. So when it happens, I think it's going to be a scary sight. What does that look like in your mind, and based off of what you guys practice and, and are trying to do? Defensively, it's doing our assignment, doing our 111th, and tackling. Because, you know, you do your assignment in coverage in the back end, then we're settled there. We do our assignments up front, we stop the run, and at the end of the day, if we tackle, it's just going to be an overall dominant game by the defense. Offensively, you know, I'm not a big offense guy, but if they score touchdowns, <laughs> then we win football games. If we don't turn it over, then we win football games. You know, the forgotten, unsung hero is special teams as well. Just like we saw Hobbs in the Notre Dame game gave us an electric punt return, and, you know, um, Ryan, when he flips the field and we make our extra points and our field goals you know that's an unsung part of the game that gives us a life and boosts us so I think we put all three of those things together it's kind of wild what we can do because you know USF we showed glimpses of that and if we can do that consistently on a four quarter basis I think that we'll have some monster numbers coming up in these next couple of weeks well what areas do you feel are working right now what, what are those things that you can build off of heading into this game against Liberty I think that we're getting to the quarterback it's just right now we just got to capitalize bringing him to the ground the rush that we're bringing right now it hasn't maybe brought the stats but it's helped us on the back end because we're able to cover better because we know that stuff's getting there. The past defense has been pretty good in itself. I think that we just improve little things here and there where our eyes are in certain places and you know get into the middle of the field and in zone coverages. I think will be great uh, offensively. Uh, Darren's throwing the ball lights out, if I'd be honest with you. A couple blips here and there, but as a defense, like it happens to us also. So I think that we're playing really great on that end. We're covering really well in special teams, which we've played some people that have been pretty dangerous, uh, except for the first game, right? We've played some really good kickoff return and punt return teams that we've been able to stop them and stymie them. So I think that those are things that are working. And of course, the little things, we improve them. and it makes those things that are working look even better. And so that's what I'm excited about. Now you guys have had the opportunity to face really big names this season. It would be very easy to look at this week and say, oh, well, it's, it's Liberty. It's just Liberty. But you look at them, they're 6-1. and one. You know you're going on the road to their place. You guys can't look at them as just Liberty, can you? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, I got some friends that play at Wake Forest, and they went over the, uh, Liberty went over to Wake Forest, and they played a thriller of a football game. And that, that's a team that's ranked. They're ranked in the top 15. So that means Liberty's got guys just like we got guys. They got guys on scholarship. They got guys that make plays. And so at the end of the day, you play the game to, you know, win. And if they want to win more than us, then we're going to have to put our best effort out there to play our football game. And once we do that, it sounds repetitive, but we haven't done it yet. So once we do it, it's just going to result in a win, in my personal opinion, and a win that we feel confident about and building upon for the rest of the season. All right, Gabe, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. These are the personality questions. Okay. What is your favorite class at BYU? Well, I only take master's classes, so it's a little bit different. At this moment in time, I'd say 
talent management. Troy Nielsen is probably my favorite class. You know, it's just uh, lighthearted. Um, we get to learn, and I think it kind of translates to the administrative office on the football team because I get to learn how to deal with business professionals and, you know, who to hire and who not to hire. And it's kind of like the recruiting process, who to bring in to fit the culture at BYU and who not to. So that's why um, it's one of my favorite classes so far. Which is better, the book or the movie? I'm not a big reader, so I say the movie because it gives me the important parts. If I want to get in depth, definitely the book, but it's just like football. I'm not going to look at the stats. I'm going to watch the film, so that's why maybe in my opinion the movie's better. All right, what's the first thing you would buy if you inherited a million dollars? I'd probably give my, my mom the money. I wouldn't particularly buy All anything. Yeah, I would. Um, because, you know, she's sacrificed a lot for me. She moved here from a different country, and she's gotten me to this part where I am today. And my parents own a doggy daycare business out in Texas, and for them to be able to, you know, sell that thing or make the improvements that they need to be able to retire and finally go live the life that they want to live, I'd, I know it'll come back in droves to me, so that's what I'd do. Look, I don't know, Gabe, if there's a son of the evil that you would have earned that if you just handed over a million dollars. That that is a great look. That is a selfless act right there from Gabe Judy Lolly. How about that? Thanks. All right, last one. And this is probably a little unfair to ask you this question, but it, it is the last of the final four. What will you remember most about the era of independence, even though you've only been here for a very short period of time? <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit harder for me to answer. I guess I'm from Texas, and I've watched BYU come into Texas and absolutely manhandle us down there. It's just a cool opportunity to be able to go anywhere and just be the dark horse every single time that you play because, you know, BYU's played so many different, you know, talented football teams. And on defense, it's super cool to see we got the turnover belt that showed every single win that we've had against um, teams while we've been independent. I just think that the whole experience and overall culture that we've got from playing those games will be cool to bring into the Big 12 because, you know, those are going to be different teams that we play, but we're going to play them repetitively now. But we're going to be able to draw from all our different experiences across the country. So I think just the coolest part has been probably for me so far has been getting to travel to Las Vegas. And I remember the moment specifically. It was the fourth quarter. Notre Dame does their little light show, whatever the case is, but we're chanting BYU super loud. And like their light show like kind of just dissipates. And like all you hear is BYU being chanted. And it was just like an awesome experience. And that's going to be the most cool thing that I remember. And then at the end of the year, if we can make it to a bowl game, that will be also something that I remember part of Independence for sure. Gabe, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I really do appreciate it. Uh, good luck this weekend in Lynchburg. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is Son of the Year nominee Gabe Judy Lolly. All right, coming up next, Bronco Mendenhall was part of a lot of BYU's best wins of independence, but today we're going to focus on a game against the former Cougar head coach. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Shep here in Provo, Riley in Lynchburg, Virginia. It is the Cougars and the Flames coming your way right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. And with BYU in the state of Virginia today, it just made sense that today's look back on the best wins of independence would feature a team from the state of Virginia. That team this week is the Virginia Cavaliers. 
The date was October 30th, 2021. The site, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. It was the return of Bronco Mendenhall, as well as several other former BYU coaches and players. Riley, this game was all about the offense, which was aided by the defense making some great plays to put the offense in great positions. The two teams would combine for 115 points. After a strong BYU start, Virginia would actually lead at the break, 42-38. The second half was all about the Cougars. BYU held UVA to just seven points and two turnovers. Tyler Algier tied the BYU record for most rushing touchdowns with five, and he finished the game with 266 yards and 29 carries. Jaron Hall was also a handful, throwing for 349 yards and three TDs. He would also rush for a touchdown instead of just me talking about it. How about we hear from the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Cavaliers have just taken the field. Broncos strapping on the headset belt, and now the big scoreboard has the display. It says, welcome back, Bronco. It's great to have you with us for BYU and Virginia. Hall on quarterback keep, keeps it himself and takes it in for six. Jaron Hall on the quarterback run from two yards out, first and goal to touchdown for BYU. Tight end and twins to the left. One of them pau motions, pistol snap, Hall, handoff Algier. Algier drives his way in for six. Somersaults at the goal line and crosses the plane to make it 13-0 with a PAT pending. And we're not even four minutes into this game. Trips to the left. Jaron looks left, goes end zone left, balls in the air, and it is a touchdown! Puka Nakua makes the catch! The Cougars score again! Hall goes deep down the left side for Samson Nakua, makes the catch at the pylon, touchdown! A 40-yard touchdown strike for Samson Nakua! Shotgun snap to Hall, sprint out to the right, throws on the run, throws low, caught up the five, into the end zone, touchdown! Neil Pau! Catching it right side, wide open. Brings the ball up and takes it past the plane to make the score 51-49 with a PAT pending. Hall shotgun, Algier left hip. Give Tyler. Tyler bounces off a tackler. The 25, the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5, the touchdown! Touchdown, Tyler Algier for the fourth time tonight! Handoff, Algier. Looking for five and he's got it! Tyler Algier shoots a gap and gets in for six. And the Cougs go to 65-49 with the PAT pending. Will that be enough? A five touchdown night for Tyler Algier. That's going to do it. The coaches will meet at midfield. Bronco Mendenhall will greet Kalani Sitake and congratulate him on his team's victory. 66-49. BYU defeats Virginia here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, Riley, what do you remember? Because I've got to imagine, because this is, I've got my own view of this game. I'll get to that in a second. I want to ask you, this kind of felt like I've got to imagine like like a tennis match, just back and forth and back and forth. What do you remember from that night? Just thinking, what happened to the Bronco Mendenhall that I played for <laughs> that was so focused on defense and limiting it? No, I was kidding. Uh, and and then also watching some of the plays Virginia was running, I was like, man, I wish Coach and I would have added some of these schemes to the playbook <laughs> when I you know I played for him for two years. No, uh, but it was uh, it was such a fun game and it was so far. But I I remember thinking, oh man, 
they're scoring so many touchdowns, it's awesome. We don't have to throw to break after every one because all the TV timeouts are taken care of. We can actually <laughs> wa watch the game, but we don't have to cut away to TV every time, right? So that was a fun night. The, the biggest thing for me, I mean, Greg said it all, that encapsulated that game we just heard in the call. He goes, and Cougars make it 65. Will that be enough? <laughs> 65 <laughs> points, and he's yes. wondering if that's still going to be enough to close it out. That was kind of uh, summed up the game in one statement right there. So here's what I remember. It's a completely different memory because that was one of the games that I was not able to do uh, the pre-half and post. Um, I was actually with women's soccer at Santa Clara. So I was I was in Santa Clara, California. So the the game that was a that was an 8:15 kick in in Utah. We got on the flight and the flight took off. It like you couldn't have timed it any better. It timed off right at kickoff, and luckily that was one. Of, it was on the, one of the channels that that we could watch on the plane. So I remember getting on the plane, getting on the Delta flight, leaving the San Jose airport, watching the game, getting having time because there's so much scoring. We had time to get home, get on the bus, and that flight was into Salt Lake. It, it wasn't was into, into Provo, yes, right? It was yeah. into Salt Lake. So we landed in Salt Lake. We got. We had to wait for all of our bags. We walk down to the bus. The bus takes us back to the IPF where we pick up our cars. I then listen to, to you guys on the way home. I got to my house, got in bed, and pretty much had most of the fourth quarter to watch because it took so long. <laughs> that is my story for that game. That was such a fun night. Yeah, one for the record. And, and, I mean, Tyler Algiers' performance is one for the record books. And, of course, Broncos homecomings. A lot of great storylines. Man, it's just another reason why, you know, for all the fans listening out there, why we invest so much time and energy and effort into college football and BYU specifically because they provide so many memorable moments like that. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the great wins in BYU Independence history, and it just happened to be against former head coach Bronco Mendenhall. All right, coming up next, we will visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. He's back in the booth, ready to go. Cougar pregame live continues next. We'll talk with Greg when we return on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Welcome back. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Joining us now from Lynchburg, he'll be on the call this afternoon with Riley and Mitchell. He is the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. Greg, um, I uh, the, the weather's not great out here, but it's my understanding things looking picturesque out there in Lynchburg. Oh my goodness! This is uh, this is the the embodiment of a perfect college football Saturday in mid October. Not a cloud in the sky. Colors changing on the leaves, the Blue Ridge Mountains in the distance, this campus all unified in red brick design extending to the football stadium where a lot of red brick is present and red, white, and blue theme, and uh, it's just so well put together. It's a 25,000-seat venue that feels bigger time than that. Uh, they've done such a good job here at Liberty with their athletics and their facilities, and this is an amazing stadium. It's, again, for 25,000, you hear 25,000, you think, ah, oh, it's a small time. No, it's, it's a it's a big time feel, so well designed, creature comforts, uh, architecturally, it, it's, it's attractive. Uh, there's green areas. It's sold out for the first time in stadium history. Parking is all sold out. They're, they're, 
there's not a way to overstate how big they think this game is today. The, the ways they describe it, Jason, they're, they're talking about the fulfillment of a vision, a game 50 years in the making, biggest home game in program history. They're throwing a lot into this game and this day, and, uh, and the fans of Liberty football have responded in overwhelming numbers. There will not be an empty seat here today, and we expect it to break the stadium record uh, set back in the FCS days in Montana. Uh, came in here back in the day and uh, set the attendance mark, but uh, it was well short of a of a complete sellout. And with the capacity of twenty five thousand, that's the number that they expect to hit today. And it's it's a beautiful day, fantastic. Well, I I just saw your tweet, so I know you've got a lot of personnel information to update everybody on players in, players out, and a uh, pretty important player making his season debut today. What do you got? So Chaz Ayu, uh, it, it was expected he would not play this year, right? Uh, and and now. And he will be available and yet could still retain his redshirt because you can play four regular season games, keep your redshirt. So you could see him, uh, if he does get in today, that's game one. And then you, you don't play him in the Utah Tech game, right? And and then you may not even play him in the postseason if you have to play him four regular season games. But he can get four games in and game one might be today. They're a little bit down at linebacker with Peyton Wilgar not available. So uh, that, that brings Chaz Ayu into the mix. So Bywater, Peely, Tooley, and Ayu could be your forced, uh, your top four linebackers for BYU today. And again, that is news, and that uh, does keep alive the possibility of a red shirt. Again, can't play more than four regular season games, and we would expect Utah Tech to be a game he sits out because of its, uh, its, its, its FCS. Greg, um, so what kind of a, a what kind of different? You mentioned Chaz Ayu, Peyton Wilgar out. There's been a lot of talk on the defense. I mean, do you expect them to heat him up more? Do you expect him to kind of do more of the same, but just execute better? We've with so much talk around the defense. What's your sense? Is what we expect to see differently? Yeah, I, I think we could expect to see uh, a little more rush from BYU that maybe we've seen in recent games. That could happen. Uh, you're going to see likely Elisa Tuiaki down on the field instead of in the press box, maybe getting a little more face-to-face, -face, uh, a little more direct involvement with the D-line today. Um, and, and so he's already said that Kalani's going to be more involved in, in things. And so uh, I think by, by an extension of that, you could see E down, you will see E down on the field, make a switch there between field and press box that way. Uh, and uh, I, I think you might notice also, although it's not something you know uh, you, you think is maybe too apparent off the top, it's just that when you played the kind of schedule BYU's played, maybe you'll note that in, in today's game that the, what you're seeing from Liberty, although they're excellent players and well worth a 6-1 and one record, is not exactly quite the same one-to-one -one battles you're having, having to win that you had to win, say, last week against a team like Arkansas or Notre Dame the week before that. That said, let's not forget the fact that it was a one-score game against Arkansas last week in Provo. And BYU's offense drove double-digit plays 75-plus yards multiple times in the second half against Arkansas to score touchdowns. So I think what A-Rod has been doing is really trying to boost his guy's confidence by saying, you know, don't let anyone make you feel too bad about the game last week. BYU's offense did very, very well against a very good SEC team. And, and so that might be noted today by the players who are having to win those one-on-one -on -one battles last week that it might be just a little bit different going against Liberty this week. All right, Greg, last thing before we let you go, and, and we've touched on it throughout the show. You know, you, you brought up, look, there's a lot of scrutiny right now specifically on the defensive side of the football. From, from a confidence standpoint, but also from an execution standpoint today, how much does this BYU team, specifically on the defensive side, need something positive to happen today? 
Well, the win is the most important thing. And and the Virginia game that I think you, you guys covered already earlier, right? The last yep. year's Virginia game? Yep. You know, BYU allowed 49. And, and BYU last week allowed 52. Yep. Right? So so it, it, in a lot of ways it was the same game, but the feelings were very different because of the outcome. And so um, I, I think there's almost a danger in putting too much into one game, yet you don't want to sugarcoat the fact that uh, BYU has to stiffen up against the run and uh, in general uh, stiff up, uh, stiffen up on third down and shorten some drives. And so I think it's an important game for BYU to show that this is not the furtherance of a trend, that things are in a spiral, but rather the spiral can be reversed and BYU can back to you know play the kind of game they did against Baylor and it kind of seems like like since Baylor things have gone a little bit downhill uh, defensively week to week in one way or another so yeah Jason to answer your question uh, hugely important that BYU kind of uh, put a line in the sand and show that uh, the trends that have been troubling can be reversed here today in Lynchburg. Guys we'll uh, let you go get ready for uh, more game prep and uh, enjoy the game enjoy the weather and uh, and let's call a winner today how about that? Thanks, Shep, and uh, you bundle up uh, later today yes. once you leave uh, the BYU Broadcasting Building for your call tonight. Yes, the word of the day is layers when I leave the building to go over and call soccer tonight. It's going to be chilly. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Shep. There Thanks, we Shep. go. That's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. You will hear both of them coming up with more pregame coverage in about 25 minutes. But on the other side, our sideline reporter, former BYU receiver Mitchell Jurgens, will join us back in 10 seconds on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Jason Shepard in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah. Welcome in. It is a game day for the BYU Cougars on the road at the Liberty Flames, taking on the Flames for the first time ever in Lynchburg, Virginia. These two teams met back in 2019 in Provo. Cougars getting the win in that matchup. Joining us now here on Cougar Pregame Live is former receiver and our sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, uh, how are things in Lynchburg today for you? Oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, this, uh, you know, I heard Greg talking about it, but the views from the booth here are just, it's remarkable um, this time of year, especially, but this campus, I mean, they've, uh, Liberty's done really well. I mean, everything's connected. I can see the, I can see the track. I see the baseball field, the, the practice facility. I mean, this is, this is just a really cool atmosphere. Um, it's, it's fun to be here. All right. So as a former player, take me through how a team handles the outside scrutiny when it seems to be coming from all sides. Yeah, it's uh, you've got to just focus on your team, your your family unit, which is your team. Um, you know, hold each other accountable um, in team meetings, believing in each, in each other, be there for each other. Uh, that's going to be part of it because you, you've got to kind of tune out um, the noise that you hear, uh, whether that's on social media. Um, I, I remember back in my playing days, there was a my my first 
home game um, as a sophomore. We were playing Houston. It was a big game for me being from Houston, and I had a critical fumble in that game. Um, and uh, the, the worst thing that I did is after the game, I went on to social media to kind of read what people were saying, and it, it can rock you. It can rock That's you as a, a mistake. If, if, if you let that If you let that get to you, right? Yep. Um, and I remember Chad Lewis, he came up to me that week and was like, hey, you know, drown out the noise. You're going to be making big plays. Just focus on your role, what you can contribute. And that very next game, I scored my first touchdown against Virginia at home. And, and, and so it's it, you really just have to drown out the noise and focus on your role, your responsibility, what you can do to improve, and just ignore it. Because at the end of the day, what goes on in those lo- in the locker room and the team meetings is is up to BYU and them individually and as a team. And, and um, they can control the outcome just based on how well they stick together, support each other, believe in each other. And, and that's what they need to be doing. I mentioned with Riley earlier in the show that I really do expect an angry BYU team. I think they're just tired of hearing about all of the issues that they're dealing with. And so I expect them to come out and play angry. And when I say angry, I don't mean that in terms of like being reckless. I, I mean playing angry like ultra-focused. That, that's kind of how I view this game today. What do you expect from BYU today? Yeah, I I expect the same thing there. I think uh, when we look at it, the way that I would view it is is a controlled anger, right? Like this team, they need to be hyped up. They need to be ready to go for the you know at the start of this game because based on the energy that we're seeing already, Liberty is going to come out ready for this game. Um, and uh, what what needs to happen is is with that controlled anger, right? It's like look, we're we're back. We're we're here to to stop this losing streak and and come out and prove that this BYU football team can play, you know, with anybody and can come out and dominate these games that that they should, especially the ones that they're favored in. Uh, but, you know, whatever mood or sentiment they're in, what, what I hope happens here is not what happened um, against Oregon. Um, if you remember, like, Pre, or prior to that game, this BYU team was ultra-hyped. They were ultra-focused, uh, but they got smacked in the mouth in the beginning, and it threw them off, and, and they couldn't seem to ever get back on track. And so if that's the case here in this Liberty game, if they do come out, um, they've, they've got that controlled anger, but if somehow it doesn't play in their favor right off the bat, they've got to be calm, um, confident enough to say, look, this isn't going to knock us off our path, um, our game plan, and they need to get back, you know, right back on track and play their level of football and and not let a a fast start or hot start from Liberty, who's going to have a ton of energy today, um, throw them off and and affect the, the, the uh, the rest of the game for the Cougars. Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze had some pretty interesting comments uh, this week, and uh, listeners will actually be able to hear that coming up in our next segment. You'll hear the comments I'm going to refer to. But he talks about how uh, his team is at a size disadvantage taking on BYU. So with such a significant size advantage in BYU's favor, how can the Cougars use that to their benefit in a matchup like this today? Yeah, number one, you have to play to that size advantage and not down to the size or level of competition. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that this Liberty team isn't good or competitive, right? Um, But if you are bigger than 
play like it. Uh, don't play to, you know, if you're going up against a guy that's much smaller than you, then all of a sudden you can take it easy. No, like exert your dominance, especially at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and they're going to need to do that to control this game. This Liberty team has this season, they have rushed the ball well. And BYU having the size, they can, they can completely flip the script there and just exert their dominance to stop that. Um, on top of that, what I do want to see is um, BYU needs to let their playmakers make plays. And if you look where their most consistent playmakers are, it's the size advantage they have at the receiver position. Mm -hmm. um, Puka Nakua, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts. Cody Epps doesn't have the size, but he plays big. Um, he plays, you know, electric and fast. And let these guys make plays. Even Isaac Rex, you know, big, tall target. Um, take advantage of those size matchups. Um, feed those playmakers. And hopefully, um, you know, we can see... Uh, you know some big plays, uh, key third downs, um, explosive plays down the field by those by those guys to to again exert their dominance and and uh, uh, you know come out victorious in, in this game today. Well, and look, and BYU on offense is going to have the majority of their receivers. Uh, not going to have Gunner today, but we we know that. But uh, from from the running back perspective, you're you're going to have your top three guys all ready to go today in Brooks in Lopini Katoa and in Miles Davis. I, I think, you know, we've been spending so much time talking about the, the defensive side. I, I think that is a massive boost for the offense, which, let's be honest, also kind of helps the confidence of the defense knowing that the offense is, is pretty darn close to full strength. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be, I mean, if you look across the board, this is probably the most the most amount of weapons that Jaron Hall is going to have um, in a game this season on the offensive side. And, and it could be. I mean, you, you, you look at just how talented they are at the receiver group, but now they have uh, Miles Davis. It was so great to see him um, have that big game, but then he goes out. Uh, we missed in the last couple of weeks, and so to have a full lineup of backs to go alongside Jaron Hall, I mean, it's the, the hope is that you can you truly can have a, a, a balanced attack today against Liberty. If there are things that maybe aren't working as well, you can rely on a lot of different weapons to get the job done. Um, and, and really, it should be should be a fun performance for the offense today if they do it right. Mitch, last question. It's a, it's a quick question. I don't know if it's a quick answer, but what's at stake for BYU today? Do you think? Yeah, I think a chance to still prove themselves as a really good football team who's who's lost some, you know, the, the games that they've lost, it's against good competitive teams, right? Ahead of the season, uh, we all knew that the stretch of games with Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas, they were going to be toss-up games. Unfortunately, they went one and three. Uh, we were hoping that at least they would go two and two on those, but but they didn't. Um, but with these other games, right, they can still run the table and finish as a potential 10-win team if they, you know, finish the season correctly and they win these favored matchups. Um, for the rest of the season. Um, and, and, and a win today really is, it's against a good Liberty team. This isn't um, a, a walk in the park game. This is a competitive football team. So if they can come out and play a very efficient game that we've seen BYU do um, in, in spurts throughout the season, um, I think it just gives a lot of confidence to what they're gonna do. Um, and even, you know, we're hearing a lot of changes that, uh, that we're gonna see in this game. Um, and I think this will be a chance for BYU to prove that the changes that they're making is is going to give a lot of fans hope and confidence in the the trajectory of the future of this program. So a lot's at stake, and and, and I'm excited for the game today. Really good stuff, man. Appreciate it, uh, Mitchell Jurgens. Look, enjoy the atmosphere because it sounds like I've obviously seen pictures, and we know it's a sellout. But just in talking with Greg and Riley, you know, it, it's it sounds like this can be a pretty fun atmosphere. 
Oh, absolutely. It's it's going to be a fun one. You can't ask for a better uh, a better atmosphere. Uh, the red, white, and blue. I mean, it's it's just it's a beautiful a beautiful place here, and and excited to be down on the field and and get live action for it. So, all right, Mitch, we'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Riley. Thanks for the insight as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens. you'll hear him on the broadcast roaming the sidelines in Lynchburg this afternoon. On the other side, Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, BYU out on the East Coast, taking on Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hugh Freeze is in his fourth season as the head coach of the Flames. The former Ole Miss head coach has the Flames Bowl eligible for the fourth season in a row. And he spoke with the media earlier in the week and right out of the gate discussed the matchup with BYU and what this type of game can mean to his football program. This opportunity should be exciting. It should be um, one that's welcomed. It is a great, great challenge, but yet um, one that that we should be excited and embrace with a faith and belief that we've done something well to to make a game of, that that has some significance in a lot of people's minds by playing such a great program like BYU at our home, being in this position. You know, I think they're a top 25 team in the in the country. I know polls don't. If you lose, polls beat you up, but I mean, you know, their strength of schedule, I mean, Oregon, Baylor, Notre Dame, Arkansas, I mean, this this is, uh, they have to have one of the, the toughest uh, strength of schedules in the, in the nation, and, you know, they'll play anyone, they're a Power 5 team that plays probably a harder schedule than a lot of Power 5 conference teams because of uh, where they are currently, but it is a tall, tall challenge, you know, they're um, physically much larger than we are. They've got some full-grown men. Obviously, they know what they're doing. They've won a lot of football games at that place, and now you bring in Kalani, who um, truthfully, I want to say this, I honestly, I've got some good friends in coaching with, you know, Nick and Gus and Kirby and some of those guys, but um, Kalani Sataki is one of the finest human beings that you will ever meet, and he loves his players. I just enjoy being around this guy, and um, I love his core values, what he's about, and just um, it, it, it'll be fun getting to visit with him. I'm not excited about uh, – uh, I mean, I am excited about the challenge, but it's I wish, I wish they weren't very good, but they, they're really good. And uh, that credit goes to him and his staff and, and his players. But, uh, man, it's going to be an exciting night or afternoon on the mountain. And so what an opportunity, and let's go embrace it. With the BYU defense coming off a game in which they gave up 644 yards to Arkansas, Coach Freeze was asked if he's um, licking his chops on the offensive side. 
Well, I mean, he's played Arkansas, Oregon, and Baylor. I mean, so <laughs> they're, they're, those guys have some, you know, their depth chart may look a little different than ours right now, currently, especially right now with, with the injuries we've had. Um, I'm not one to chomp at the bits a whole lot at, at anybody right now without us getting better. It's hard for me to feel like that. I mean, we got to block those guys, and it hasn't been typical um, – you know, for them to give up the number of points they have, for sure. But again, they were playing some really good players, and uh, Arkansas kind of snowballed on them. When you watch the tape, it doesn't feel like they scored 50 points. You know, I'm sure he's having some of the same feelings I'm having about our offense right now. You know, but um, that was, I assure you, I'm not, I don't feel overly confident right now that uh, we're going to walk out there and be able to just block them and, and go up and down the field. I touched on this when I had uh, Mitchell on in the in the previous segment. It's sort of referencing Coach Freeze talking about the size disadvantage that his team will face against BYU. And I loved what Mitch said. It's a clear advantage for BYU. So so use it. I I I I hope that that's what we see today because it's not going to be close. BYU is going to have the size advantage all over the field. And now it's sort of up to BYU to kind of use that to their advantage and just take over. And this, this I hope, is, is one of those games where BYU does that. Because we see this, we see this a lot, and, and we've seen it a lot as an independent because you're playing you know, a, a lot of teams, whether, you know, whether it's an FCS team earlier in the year or some of the other G5 where you know, BYU may have a, a size advantage. I, I love that Mitch said, you know, the thing you got to do is make sure that you use that and and do you know call plays that will take advantage of your size advantage it's not we sometimes i think we think size advantage we think mostly on maybe the offense or the defensive line but you know Mitch brought up the the idea of look at the wide receiver position you know you're going to be going against a a corner that's going to be significantly smaller than Pukunakua and Take advantage of that. You know, for Jaron Hall, maybe you don't have to be as perfect with the throw. You can throw it up and let Puka go make a play. So I, I hope that's something we see, and BYU really takes advantage of that size advantage that they will have on the field today. All right, when we come back, we'll check out some other scores in college football. A couple of interesting games going on. Also, a couple of blowouts. We'll get to all those when we come back to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on today in college football. Just a handful of games that are currently in action in top 25. The first game, they are just getting ready to kick off the second half in Columbus. Uh, Number two, Ohio State hosting Iowa. And at the break, it's the Buckeyes leading 26-10 with exactly uh, two quarters to go. Also getting ready to start the second half in Knoxville, number three, Tennessee, all over UT Martin, 52-7 to is the score there. 14th-ranked Syracuse leading at number five, Clemson, upset alert. It is 21-10 in favor of the Orange. At the half, number 21, Cincinnati, uh, is leading SMU. That score is 29-14. 
in favor of the Bearcats. Later on today, number seven Ole Miss at LSU. Big game, two top ten teams in the Pac-12. Number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. Uh, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Boston College at 13th ranked Wake Forest. Memphis on the road at number 25, Tulane. Number six, Alabama. Still kind of crazy to see that, the number six next to Alabama. Uh, but hey, that's what happens when you lose. Uh, they host number 24, Mississippi State. Minnesota on the road at 16th ranked Penn State. And a uh, matchup of two top 20 teams in the Big 12. Number 17, K-State on the road at number 8, T. CU. All right, that's going to do it. Before we take a break, though, a very special happy birthday shout out to my daughter, Audrey, who's turning 10 years old today. So, Audrey, we love you and hope you have a great 10th birthday. That's going to do it for Cougar Pregame Live. Up next, the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good Saturday afternoon, Cougar football fans. And for the first time ever, we greet you from Williams Stadium on the campus of Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, for what folks here are calling the biggest home game in Liberty football history. Fellow FBS independents are squaring off as the Cougars face the Flames for the second time all-time with both of these programs on the verge of big moves in 2023. BYU to the Big 12 and Liberty into Conference USA. A sellout is guaranteed to greet the visitors from the Beehive State. Liberty playing for a fifth straight win. BYU seeking to stop a two-game skid. I'm your play-by-play presenter, Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And after back-to-back weeks facing two of the biggest names in the game in Notre Dame and Arkansas, BYU today goes a little off the radar to face former FCS program Liberty in a 25,000-seat venue. But uh, look past Liberty at very high risk because the Flames are fired up to host BYU. Riley, it's a 6-1 team that is a missed two-point attempt away from a 7-0 record in a national ranking. The Flames' only loss was that one-point setback at now 13th-ranked Wake Forest. BYU, meantime, has lost three of its last five. They've shaken some things up internally. The Cougs today must match Liberty's momentum with renewed motivation. There's no fluke in this Liberty program either. You mentioned, you know, a two-point. It wasn't just a one-time thing against Wake Forest. They've continued to produce not just wins, but pretty solid wins. They don't blow the doors off anybody. They're not a track a track meet team that we saw last week against Arkansas. Rather, they're very solid, balanced, play great fundamentals. They have a coach in Hugh Freeze who's been there, done that, spent a long time in the SEC, went into Tuscaloosa, beat Saban in his house. He's not. He respects all his opponents but doesn't fear any of them. So I'm excited for the 
challenge that this team poses for BYU today. Just a couple, uh, like my overall feeling of this game reminds me a lot of maybe Coastal Carolina and maybe even a little bit, uh, even though the weather is the exact opposite of what we saw last week in the bowl game, a UAB, in that if B hopefully BYU has learned from those slip-ups over the past couple of seasons to know that a program like Liberty is going to come out and give them their absolute best shot so they better come prepared. He is Riley Nelson. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. We are coming to you live from Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia. Since Hugh Freeze took over here four seasons ago at Liberty, the Flames are 18-3 and three here at home. Since moving up to the FBS level, Liberty's 23-4 on their home turf. BYU today trying to shake the daytime blues. Meantime, the Cougars are 3-6 and six in their last nine matinees. BYU's last day game win came 11 months ago in Statesboro, Georgia as the Cougs won an afternoon affair at Georgia Southern. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For big time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. And Kalani knows it's a less about, uh, well, when BYU plays than it is how BYU plays against a Liberty team that is putting a lot of emphasis on the opportunity to play and beat BYU today in front of a sold out crowd and a national TV audience. Yeah, it's important. I mean, I know that for them it's it's big, but that doesn't mean that it's not big for us either. And so our approach is to um, execute better than we've been, and uh, part of that is maybe simplifying a little bit, but uh, getting our team ready to play uh, at its level, at our own level, and then whatever they decide to do, I think it it matters for us to be focused on what we do first, and then, then we can adjust to what how big the scale of the game is for them and how much of that would be a, a huge, if that would be an advantage for them or not, but uh, right now we're focused on the fundamentals and doing the simple things first as a team and then I think the rest will take care of itself. What does simplification look like? Yeah, well, you know, we're adding some, some uh, for O-line to D-line so we can't have too much of a of a difficult thing for those guys. We, we're bringing them there for their size and obviously we need some, we've had some guys get banged up and aren't able to go, but uh, it's simple enough for them to understand that they have a role. I, but I also think that there's different things that we can do and, and focus on technique and fundamentals Metals rather than thinking that scheme is going to be the key, you know, for us executing. So if, if execution is going to be our strategy, then uh, it, it makes sense to maybe make it a little bit more simple so that we can execute even the small, simplest, and, and, and the, the, you know, the, the, the base coverages that we can do on defense. You mentioned O-line to D-line. There are a couple of those guys uh, this week, right? Yeah, using Tyler Little at, at um, D-line and, and Sonny Makassini that's give us some big size up front um, and some, some length, and especially with Tyler. 
better, but also just have some girth and some 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 uh, presence on the line of scrimmage. Uh, we still feel good about the guys that we have, but there's uh, we're obviously a little banged up, and so not a lot of guys are going 100. percent But I think they can fit in and give us a little bit of a, a breather, but also give us something that we we don't have right now. You won't have Peyton Wilgar today at linebacker, yeah. but uh, you're bringing back uh, an old face, new face uh, that, that could be available to you uh, today. And are the plans still to redshirt him if we're talking about Chaz Ayu? Yeah, I mean, redshirt, you're allowed the four games, so uh, going to use him today, especially with the absence of Peyton Wilgar. So having uh, him, Ben Bywater, Keenan Peely, and Max Tooley will be good for us. We still feel good about the depth that we have there, but um, it's always good to have uh, a guy that's played a lot of reps for us and started a lot of games and uh, you know he's limited but I think that he can fill in uh, uh, where we need uh, where we're lacking with Peyton being gone good to get some offensive weapons back today too in Lopini Katoa and uh, Miles Davis right yeah it gives us a lot of options and, and definitely gives us a full uh, running back room you know so I think there's a lot of pressure on Chris Brooks and Mesa Fakahua to do it last week and now having Peeney back and having uh, Miles to the mix I think it will make things a lot easier for A-Rod and, uh, you know, getting the offense ready. Connor Romney traveled, but you're not counting on him today at wide receiver? Yeah, I think we've said a game time decision and everything, but from what we've seen, uh, Chase Roberts has really come along and, and is, is ready to go. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about what Puka and Cody Epps has been able to do, and same thing with Keanu and Cosper. So uh, we feel like the, the, the best decision, you know, is for, for us to work with Chase and the others. Okay. What impresses you most about this 6-1 and one Liberty team right now? Yeah, the success that they have and the fact that they're doing it with uh, multiple quarterbacks behind center. And so uh, that, that's a huge compliment to the coaches. And, and then on defense, uh, they're disruptive and they create all kinds of havoc, meaning that they get turnovers, they get TFLs and big plays. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have to be – we talk about execution on off, on defense, but the same thing on offense where um, just to, just being able to shore up their pressure that they give us and then making them pay if they want to bring pressure against us. And we can make a pay in a lot of different ways, especially with the quarterback that we have. Do you expect to see – uh, Charlie Brewer at quarterback for them at some point today. Yeah, we, we prepped this as he, if he was going to. He was the starter for a reason, so we're prepping for him. And um, you know, if, if it ends up being Bennett or somebody else that's going to step in there, that's fine. But uh, right now, we're, we're planning on him going. They have a lot of takeaways, but they also give it away a lot too. Uh, this has been a sudden change type of game whenever they whenever they take the field. Yeah, and that'd be good for us to, to you know win the turnover battle today. So uh, I think our defense is ready. I think we can uh, get get after the quarterback a little bit if they decide to throw, but I think the key would be for us uh, taking care of the run game first. Okay, finishing where we started, you make the trip out to the East Coast. Uh, you're on a beautiful campus on a gorgeous afternoon. Uh, what's the vibe uh, that you've uh, received since being at Liberty? Yeah, it's been great. I, I mean, this is a, a big, definitely a big-time game for them. We're looking forward to the the environment, the atmosphere of the game. It's college football, you know, so I uh, explained to our players that, that uh, we ha- they, they're very lucky. They feel they're still blessed, and uh, when, they, when there's a lot of negativity going around to look at the things count your blessing type of type of deal and, and they have a lot to be thankful for and let's show our gratitude by going out there and playing our best this weekend all right Kalani thank you for the preview best of luck against Liberty we'll talk to you post game let's go go kooks that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show the NutraCost Cougar kickoff show is coming your way next on the new skin BYU sports network Kickoff is just around the corner. 
You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia, as the Cougars play a game in the Old Dominion for only the third time all time. BYU's previous two trips to the state of Virginia resulting in a split decision, a three-point overtime win at UVA in 2000, and a low-scoring three-point loss at Virginia in 2013. BYU and Liberty playing for the second time, but the first time here in Lynchburg, the only previous meeting was a 31-24 BYU win in Provo in 2019 as Baylor Romney got the start and the W. This is the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Grubel joined by Riley Nelson in the booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines and the Zions Bank end zone for big time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. Our scoreboard host is Jason Shepard. Our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our spotter is Sean Firmage. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Coordinating producer is Terry South. Control board operators, Logan Gardner and, and Adam Woodall. Our broadcast interns, Dallin Burningham here in Lynchburg and Colton Potter back at BYU Radio. Our broadcast assistant today is Trent Reimschuschel. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can listen in on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, the BYU Game Day app, as well as byuradio.org and our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. Good to have them along, and we invite you to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights on game day. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at byuradio.org. Search sports or shows and look for the BYU Football logo. Well, it was a week ago today that BYU found itself in an old-fashioned shootout with the University of Arkansas. And while the game ended with BYU as a 17-point loser, it was a 38-35 game late in the third quarter, and BYU had won similarly high-scoring games in the past under Kalani Sitake. 55-53 over Toledo back in 2016, the 66-49 win over Virginia last season. And when you win a shootout, the end result makes any defensive shortcomings less significant. But after a week like last week, BYU's defensive woes instead are magnified. Now, it bears noting, that BYU has faced some pretty good offenses in Baylor and, and Oregon. Notre Dame, not the Cougars' best performance on either side of the ball. Arkansas and their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, outstanding. And it was SEC talent. Uh, but the caliber of opposition alone doesn't account for the entirety of BYU's current defensive struggles. Riley, what do you see as an area or two in which BYU needs to demonstrate vast improvement against a Liberty team that is not expected to be as potent as the best team's the Cougars have faced so far this season? In the secondary, they have to get more discipline with their eyes. I, two plays that are burned in my memory was they gave up a touchdown last week at Arkansas, 
that was a go route versus cover three. I mean, that is number one. When the wide right receiver runs straight down the field as a cover three corner, you carry him and you have no other responsibilities. The corner had his eyes on the quarterback, bid on a pump fake for an easy touchdown. Similarly, the week before against Notre Dame, you had Meyer at tight end, who's their best player. They're, it's obvious they're trying to get him the ball at every opportunity. And again, staring at the quarterback, a guy bites on a pump fake and allows him to be wide open for a touchdown on an out and up. So they got to get better defensively, more disciplined with their eyes in the secondary and know their assignment and execute it. And then up front, they have to do a better job of creating KJ Jefferson. While he did do a decent job of extending plays a few times throughout the game, he was far too comfortable and was able to stand in the pocket and deliver those balls. I know here today that uh, while Liberty may not try and push the ball down the field, when they do try, you have to make their quarterback feel very uncomfortable. Uh, and, and you will see the dividends of that pay off throughout the rest of the game. So I discipline in the secondary, and even if they're not getting sacks, make the quarterback uncomfortable in drop-back passing situations. Great keys. The new Tracost Cougar kickoff show continues after we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Four and three, BYU taking on six and one, Liberty. The four and three team has many of the better advanced metrics. BYU, though, has lost two in a row. Liberty is on a four-game win streak, but is the home underdog by a touchdown here today. Well, Gunnar Romney will not come back, but uh, Miles Davis and Lopini Katoa will return to play today. The eighth game of the season will be the first game this season in which uh, Aaron Roderick has had, well, it, it, you can't even say that. If, if Gunner's not going to play, you really can't even say that he has had all of his weapons back. Uh, but injuries to, to Gunnar Romney, uh, Miles Davis, uh, Lopini Katoa, Puka Nakua, Chase Roberts. Throughout the season, again, none of no, there have been no games in which all five of those guys have played together, which is pretty crazy to think about. And all those absences allow players like Cody Epps and Keanu Hill to shine, and Epps in particular has been a bit of a revelation. He leads BYU with six touchdowns scored and has found the end zone in five consecutive games. Can he make it six in a row? He's far and away Jaron Hall's top target this season, and for good reason. He's been tremendous. For good reason, because he's been doing it in both in multiple situations. He's he's emerged as a target for Jaron Hall over the middle. I feel like it's been very hard for Jaron Hall to be able to trust uh, an employee or been able to trust one of his receivers over the middle of the field. Cody Epps has emerged as a top target, and and for good reason because he's caught balls, made moves on made one move on safety, and one foot races to the end zone. Similarly, last week as we saw, he's also become a goal line favorite, both because he is so fast at stopping and starting. He's great at some of those change of direction routes on the goal line as well as just being very talented runner with the ball after the catch that they trust him on screens, short yardage, you know, open field situations. No matter, it seems like whenever they get Cody Epps the ball, good things happen. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And wide receiver Puka Nakua He's finally appearing more comfortable after a season-opening injury at USF that set him back about a month. Over a five-game span, Nakua missed three games, 
left another game injured and ended up with only five touches over five weeks. Then last week, Puka looked like himself again. 14 touches in the game for three touchdowns, six rushes, eight receptions, his 141 receiving yards, his second most ever in a single game. Riley, not that a healthy Puka Nakua alone would have helped BYU win a game or two they lost, but clearly he's a game-breaker and a vital cog in Aaron Roderick's offensive machinery. When you have a player that struggles with injuries, you kind of try not to – you have to almost as self-preservation uh, – method you have to limit your expectations for this player and convince yourself that when he's out of the lineup that you can make good and somehow as a fan your team's just as good that's a healthy puka nakua is not just a weapon for this byu team but he's one of the best offensive weapons in all of college football he's so he threatens the defense in all facets of the game he's uh, he's got incredible top end speed good acceleration start stop ability is off the charts and uh, after seeing what he did last week, I'm excited to see him build upon that again here today in Virginia. We are back with more of the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Liberty coming up just after the bottom of the hour. It's a Williams Stadium sellout. First ever official home stadium sellout here at Liberty. We could see and should see the largest crowd in this stadium's history. The previous high water mark, 22,551. That was the attendance for Liberty and Montana back in the Flames' FCS days. Since moving up to FBS, Syracuse in 2019 has drawn the largest crowd, 21,671. This venue seats 25K, and we'll see how many empty seats we see here once this game kicks off. O'Reilly, the start of today's game will be vital. Under Hugh Freeze, Liberty is 22-3 when they score first, 23-1 when they lead after the opening quarter. BYU's psyche might be a little bit fragile right now, and comebacks have not been the Cougars' specialty the last few seasons. But they've been very good front runners. Last week's loss, notwithstanding, because BYU did score first and lead after one. Under Kalani, BYU 31-8 when scoring first, 29-8 when leading after the opening quarter. Not Liberty-level dominance, but a good indicator nonetheless of where things are going to go for BYU. You mentioned it, that BYU's psyche is something that, uh, despite all the work that they've done on it since the last... This week, you're trying to exercise the demons of the last two weeks. It's, I mean, it's in a lot of ways very similar to a boxing match. And if you get popped on the chin and early on in the round, sometimes it can take a boxer many rounds to recover. And sometimes they never recover uh, from that, just from a psychological perspective. So it's incumbent upon this BYU, and especially, I think, the defense. I think the defense needs to live it limit Liberty and not just their first drive but their first couple drives if they can keep them out of the end zone they'll get some good momentum rolling as we head to break time for today's player to watch brought to you by VidAngel skip offensive content and movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel learn more at VidAngel.com Riley who's your player to watch in today's game against Liberty well documented struggles of the defense last week when you bounce back the quarterback of a defense is most typically and it is the case with this team it's the middle linebacker that Mike linebacker so it's Keenan Peely number 41 
is my player to watch because see how he's able to direct his troops on the defensive side of the ball, hold guys accountable, get them to execute at a higher level, and ultimately inspire this defense to make a complete 180 change in production from last week to this. Good stuff from Riley Nelson. Coming up, we'll head down to the third member of our on-air crew here in Liberty, Mitchell Jurgens, as the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this, live from Williams Stadium on the University of Liberty, Liberty University campus in Lynchburg, Virginia, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Liberty meeting for the second time all time. BYU was a 31-24 home winner over the Flames three seasons ago. Remember the name Antonio Gandy-Golden? The Liberty wide receiver that day hauled in 10 catches for 162 yards and a touchdown on his way to becoming a fourth-round NFL draft pick this past season. Liberty quarterback Malik Willis was a third-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. Riley, this program under Hugh Freeze produces pro talent. It's one of the reasons why observers believe that uh, Coach Freeze could be uh, back in the P5 ranks very, very soon. If he wants them. I, every time he speaks about his situation here at Liberty, he loves the the uh, momentum that he's building at this program, the support he gets from the administration, the momentum that's building in the community and support that he's getting uh, from season ticket holders and others. And I mean, this is a hotbed. This kind of D.C., Maryland, Virginia part of the country has produced top talent for decades, the likes of Michael Vick and many others. And uh, Liberty's got a great recruiting pool to pull from. And if they can get those players that might be a little bit overlooked and chip on their shoulder, and Hugh Freeze can, you know, get them set up with a good scheme and coach them up. Liberty is, it, I mean, they are sitting at 6-1. and one. They become a formidable program and a very good football team uh, out here in, in their corner of, this, uh, of the country. Now, Coach Freeze said this week uh, on his quarterback situation, that uh, by Thursday he didn't like he didn't like Charlie Brewer as a starter yet for this game. Pete Thamel, national reporter for ESPN, said that Brewer should play but not start. What did you see from Brewer in pregame? Did not he did not he was out throwing, but so for those familiar with warm-ups, you come out, you do your individual warm-ups, and then you know quarterbacks start throwing to wide receivers, running backs, and this and that. But ultimately, you the ones for both offensively and defensively, there's a ones and a twos unit that do dry runs of plays and Brewer was not taking the set the first or second team units so that normally is an indication that they do not plan on him coming in and executing the offense at any time even though he was in pads all right we'll head down now to field level former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big time banking with a home team field Zions Bank is for you and Mitch they're calling this the biggest home game in the history of Liberty football What's the field level vibe, and how critical is it that BYU match Liberty's excitement level here today? Yeah, Greg, the vibe here on the field is is impressive, and and it has been all day, even well before the game. I I went for a run this morning and came here by the stadium, and the entire community was out running around, tailgating, just super excited for this game. And that was at 9 a.m., like six plus hours before before kickoff. Um, as you mentioned, it, it is. It's one of the biggest home games in Liberty's history, and their fans are treating it as such. Um, to answer your question, though, yes, it's incredibly critical that they match Liberty's excitement because if BYU thinks at all that this is a walk-in-the-park game and, and won't be comparable to the competition they've faced in previous weeks, they'll be very wrong, as I don't think it will be the case today because on top of the energy, this is a really good Liberty football team. 
Uh, with that said, I'm excited to see some of the defensive changes BYU will be making that we've been hearing about in action because BYU has the talent to be the better team today, but it will come down to how well they execute on that game plan, which is what I'll be watching for today, Greg. Mitch, thank you. Great stuff. Coming up next, Riley's forward keys to the game, the starting lineups and the opening kickoff. This has been the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.